I find that it almost doesn't matter what you're saying at that point. It's of when you're getting to them. So what you want to do is as soon as they churn out is get to them as fast as you can. Get to them. They're engaging with our app. They're there. They're ready to talk about it. It's the same thing as sales, right? Like if somebody signs up through a landing page, obviously chances of closing that deal go up the sooner you contact them. It's the same thing with churn. So as soon as that account churns, call them. At least in our case, we have why they churn. So we kind of go in there with a game plan. You're like, oh, okay, like you left for a competitor or something, or I couldn't figure it out. I don't know, whatever it might be, but at least you have a game plan to go in there and work some magic. You know, Try to spin it in their favor. Try to show them some value. Try to make them stick around because you know why they left and you can preemptively have a conversation with yourself in your head about how you would convince someone to come back because they left for X reason. Welcome to Retention Talk. I'm Neil Desai, and we're talking to the best minds in the world of product and customer success to bring you actionable strategies on reducing churn and boosting retention. This week, we're talking to Kelly Danahay, who's a sales director at Company Cam, leading up all things sales and customer success. Today, we're going to talk about how Company Cam has flipped the script to take a proactive instead of a reactive attitude towards retention. We're going to learn about how they tracked and optimized metrics throughout the entire customer journey and pay close attention to how Kelly describes Company Cam having a cross-functional approach to aligning sales, marketing, product, and customer success to drive retention. Let's dive in. Kelly, welcome welcome to the show. I'd love to kick us off by uh, having you tell the audience who you are, what you do, and what Company Cam is all about. Thank you. Super excited to be here. I love ProfitWell. I think this is my first podcast, but I feel extra famous today. Love ProfitWell. Go to your Recur conference. It's great. Use your tools. I run, like you said, our sales department at Company Cam that involves customer success, sales, business development, support. So basically anything that deals with our customers and strategic partnerships and things like that. Uh, I run those departments. Yeah. Well, uh, Company Cam. We're based out of Lincoln, Nebraska. We've been around since 2014. We are a camera app for contractors. So basically all contractors ever, probably, especially in the United States, are taking photos out in the field. And what we do is we make it extremely easy for them to organize their photos. So instead of using, they're all taking photos on their camera roll, right? And what happens is those photos get lost. You don't know who took them. They're texting them and emailing them back and forth and just communications all over the place. So what we do is instead of taking you know the photo on your regular camera phone app, you open company cam, take it through there, and it automatically organizes all your photos based on the GPS, so your job site, and you know who took it when they took it and where they took it. And then it does a lot more than that. So you can kind of communicate through all this stuff. So I, I almost call it like a Slack slash Dropbox for contractors. I, I, I mean, we don't do as much as Slack, obviously, but that's sort of how I, I think of it. Cool. No, I, I love it. I, I mean, I feel like I'm, I'm obviously not in that space, but I have an insane amount of like screenshots and random things that like I take photos of that I, I never look at like again. So I can, I can probably imagine, especially like when you're out in the field, that's helpful. Cool. Well, th- thanks for being here, Kelly. I, I, one of the reasons I'm really excited to talk to you guys is one, like how proactive you guys are about thinking about retention and, and especially in your, your role, customer success. I guess just to set the scene, what percentage of your customers are sort of self-serve versus assigned to perhaps a, a customer success manager, if, if at all? All of them are assigned to a customer success manager. Okay. Um, obviously, some get more attention than others based on yep. size and other data points, but all of them get assigned. 
Got it. Okay. No, that that makes sense. So clearly you guys put a lot of thought and attention into retention, right? To make sure that customers are coming around every month and, and getting value. Overall, how does the team think about this? You, you're leading sales, customer success, marketing. How do you align the three teams and, and making sure that retention is a core sort of competency across these teams? Really good question. I mean, there's a lot to unpack there. Like obviously, okay, hey, company can people. Anybody listening here, it's a team game, product, marketing, sales, everyone, you know, it, it takes everyone to do this well. But one thing that we really do and everybody should do is we have like cross-functional teams, right? And one of them, we call it like an activation to retention team so that they really just focus on like, you know, retention. So it's not just customer success sitting in that meeting. It's our marketing team. Product person might go to that meeting occasionally. And really what they're doing is strategizing around ways that we can get in front of retention. So we have those meetings like it's it's almost like you know we have a typical org chart at company cam where you know you're you're in sales you're in marketing or whatever but some, a lot of people's like identities at the company are these teams like this is my job my job is to collaborate with this team and to make retention better although they may like functionally be managed by somebody else so that we've started doing that maybe a year ago we haven't been doing it that long but we've been noticing a lot of good success by doing that and, and really working like cross departmental with uh, our teams on retention specifically got it okay and, and and I guess like tactically, what does that look like? Because obviously each team has their own set of KPIs or OKRs or whatever each quarter, or whenever you set them. Like how how does that manifest itself every week? Is this like a weekly meeting that happens? Yep, it's weekly. And we, we share goals actually. So marketing shares goal with customer success. So tactically, you know, obviously we do all sorts of different things. I, I was saying kind of at the, at the top of this, really what we do or we try to do anyways, anybody, as soon as you become a customer, you get assigned to a customer success rep. And then what we do is we call it like an onboarding period. And we use our data. We use ProfitWell data. We use, we have a thing called Mixpanel. If you don't use Mixpanel in your SaaS company, I recommend checking it out. It show, shows like usage data and stuff like that. Love Mixpanel. Yeah, we're, we're mm -hmm. customers as well. Yep. Yep. It's great. So we really just look for trends. And it's like, okay, so onboarding, uh, we noticed, especially we have really good um, like revenue retention here at Company Cam, but we noticed, okay, our customer retention dropped a little bit and we're noticing at like that 90 day mark. Okay, that's dropping down. So what we do is we make a KPI around that. So we want to get that better. So we make our 90 day onboarding period and we educate them, try to get them, upsell them, upgrade them, whatever. Um, and we have the entire customer success is doing their thing. They're calling those customers with their own talk tracks and their own strategy. But marketing's over there too, providing some content, email drips, text messages, webinars, podcasts, whatever, right? And we're putting this in front of those people so they can learn as well and just get as much context as possible. Because we know if they stick around, especially past those 90 days, everything, LTV, their ARPU, everything just is better, right? So tactically, we really work together as a team, share goals. And that was just like one example of something that we that we typically you know, we'll look at, at retention. No, I, I love that. Cause I think like, what's funny is not all retention is created equal, right? Like when you just look at blended monthly customer retention or revenue retention, it can mask issues you might have in the onboarding or, or renewal, right? 12 months later. So I think breaking it down to the cohort level and saying, look, we have a drop off on day 90. What can we do leading up to that? Right. To improve that, I guess like, has there, speaking of that example specifically, ha has, has any of the experiments you guys have done around driving 90 day retention, uh, helped drive, drive that KPI? Absolutely. It was at like for customer retention, I'll just throw percentages out there. Jared, if you're listening, I, I used to know this number. It was like, we were at like 85% customer retention or something like that really uh, invested in customer success, pointed at that. And we were, at, I think we ended last month at like 95 or something like that. So it just really drove it up on the customer side specifically. That's awesome. I mean, that's a massive jump, right? And, and especially yeah, the implications it has not only in that month, but for LTV is, is obviously compounding. 
I love that you guys are aligning marketing and CS here because I think at least even at ProfitWell, certain folks, they're so laser focused on, okay, I need... I'm a marketer, so I'm acquiring more customers, or I'm focused on content, but fail to see sort of the ripple effects downstream. And and I, and I love that it's like a weekly thing for for you guys to make sure everyone's on the same page here. Building off of that, it sounds like you guys set set that goal. You guys are clearly making strides in, in, in improving customer retention. One thing that I know you and I were talking a little bit before the show was this can't be reactive, right? Like companies that really, really kick butt when it comes to retention are, are proactive. What does that look like? And from a goal setting perspective, like, you know, what does that actually look like when you're trying not to respond to all the fires that might be happening on a day-to-day basis? I'll bring back Mixed Panel again. That's, I'm just like apparently selling Mixed Panel here. But what we do is we look at usage and we know that there's a certain amount of usage that a healthy a healthy company looks like. And you would have to find that with your own company, obviously. And then we know when it's like, okay, if you're dipping below this point, we know that's like unhealthy or you're likely your propensity to churn is like higher. So what we do is we have these things, they're called at-risk campaigns. And so basically every customer success rep every month gets a list of their customers that are at risk. And what we do is we try to kick them all to like, you know, not at risk anymore, healthy customers again. And we do that again with different talk track messaging. We do that with all sorts of different marketing and and all that stuff. So really what we're trying to do is get all these companies that aren't using our app and they're at risk. They haven't churned yet. Nothing has actually happened. They're still paying us money. Like by all means, our revenue and everything looks good, but we're trying to get ahead of that. So we just have better chances at retaining that customer. And so every month they're they're calling these people, running campaigns at them. And we're trying to get as many of them back to healthy as possible. And we set KPIs and targets around a percentage of, you know, if you have if you have 600 of those people, companies in at risk, we want to get that to, you know, like 80% of those back to healthy or something like that. We'll set a KPI around that. Got it. Okay. So just, just to play that back, make sure I understand every month you guys are looking at mixed panel and identifying uh, accounts that fall below a certain metric of usage. The CS team gets a list of those every month and then run campaigns to effectively boost that metric, right? Over and over again. Okay. More well said than I probably said it. No, I think that's, I mean, so, cause like every, what I'm realizing doing this, right. Is like, it's so much of it's like focusing on the fundamentals. I like guess as, as silly as it sounds, like the job of customer success is to make sure your customers are able to get value from the product every single month or year or whenever that interval is. And, and I think the earlier you can sort of get signs of someone that's unhappy, right? You increase your likelihood of, of intervening and saving them. I guess, how do you know if you're effective? Is it just the percent goes up? Is it a certain threshold that's a benchmark? And this is getting specific here, but how do you know if a certain CSM is is effective in, in driving the actions you guys are looking for? Yeah, we use Salesforce as our CRM. So uh, they all get obviously assigned that we work in pods. So like we have the sales team, they convert it and they're always working with the same CSM or we call them CSMs, customer success rep. They're funneling their sales through. So the customer success and the salespeople are always working in like the same pod. So they kind of know who to talk to if they have a question about the customer or whatnot. So they're all funneled sales every month or accounts, I guess, if you will. All these KPIs are broken out into like how many accounts they're getting onboarding. So we're going for like a 95% activation rate is what we call it. But basically what we're looking for is onboarding is 90 days. We want 95% of those to make it through those 90 days and not churn out. That's one way we measure customer success. Also, their accounts might churn out, right? Some of them do actually churn out. They got to go save those accounts. Uh, We're looking for a certain percentage of those to get saved. The uh, at-risk campaigns, we're looking for uh, them to go save those companies that might churn out too. So there's a few different KPIs they have and that they go work for. And that's how we, we incentivize those two, of course. Right now, that's what we do. We're, we're looking at getting a little more sophisticated and, and things like that. But right now, those are the three main metrics. And then we also have renewals too. We have an annual pricing 
and things like that. So those four things, again, activation, it's like a 90-day onboarding period. There's a certain percentage and threshold we look for for at-risk companies, so people that might be churning out, but we want to save them. Churned accounts, go save those too. And then finally, renewing annual accounts. That makes sense. Cool. No, I love that. So it's like onboarding, middle of the funnel, and then obviously at cancellation or renewal, right? What does the feedback loop look like for those that end up de-churning, right? Like inevitably, churn is a fact of life and some certain number of folks end up churning. Assuming they churn, what happens with that data? They churn out. Obviously, we have the profit well retained product. Uh, if you're not using that, go use it. It's awesome. It does all the work for you. You don't have to do anything. And it really helps, again, with the delinquent churn side. So we, we obviously, we send them the emails or you guys send them the emails and the text messages and stuff like that. But when they actually churn out, like I said, I think I said at the top of this podcast, I can't remember, but it's not hard to cancel company cam. We don't really have contracts. It's whatever. You can go click a button and leave, but we make sure you, you have to ask us or answer one question. And that is why did you leave? And we have some preset answers there. And there's also like an other that you can just type whatever. And so what that pumps into Salesforce, that data goes in there. So as soon as it churns out, and the really important thing I want to say here is I find that it almost doesn't matter what you're saying at that point. It's of when you're getting to them. So what you want to do is as soon as they churn out is get to them as fast as you can. Get to them. They're engaging with our app. They're there. They're ready to talk about it. It's the same thing as sales, right? Like if somebody signs up through a landing page, obviously like the chances of closing that deal go up the sooner you contact them. It's the same thing with churn. So as soon as that account churns, call them. At least in our case, we have why they churn. So we kind of go in there with a game plan. You're like, oh, okay, like you left for a competitor or something, or I couldn't figure it out. I don't know, whatever it might be, but at least you have a game plan to go in there and work some magic. You know, try to spin it in their favor, try to show them some value, try to make them stick around because you know why they left and you can just, you know, preemptively have a conversation with yourself in your head about how you would convince someone to come back because they left for X reason. So that's how we handle like churn accounts that come out. And then of course, marketing back to the, the cross-functional team, they do all of their re-engagement campaigns and things like that for, you know, until they basically unsubscribe, you know, you just keep sending them emails. And I mean, we don't hound them, obviously they're like in our newsletter cycle and, and stuff like that. So keep them around. That makes a ton of sense. Like related to that, what role, if any, does product have in this type of churn, right? Presumably those insights are collected in Salesforce, like you said. What happens after that? Is this analyzed at a certain point? Is it aggregated? Like what's the, the, the thinking around that? Yeah, I mean, like I said, they're also in those those meetings and things like that on occasion. So they're privy to this data too. But if we know that these features make people stick around, they might put more emphasis on these features or call it out some certain way in the app or experiment, A-B test with a button or something like that. I mean, they can do all sorts of different things, right? They get us the data, right? Somebody fills out that form and then they make sure that data is passed to us. I don't know. That's, that's sort of a vague answer, but they do all the things. Absolutely, right? Because I think it's like, there's the immediate, like, a granular, specific situation of a specific customer, but but to address it at a systemic level, obviously, issue around functionality or UI, UX, right? Obviously, obviously, product can help there. This is super helpful. Tell me about, like, the, the, the nature between, you guys have monthly plans and annual plans, right? So, what does the promotion to sort of, like, getting on annuals look like for you guys? We discount the rate. You know, so company can, just 19 bucks a user per month. Um, that's all it is. And that's just our monthly rate. Come and go as you please, downgrade, upgrade, whatever you got to do. And then the annual rate is is similar, but it's 16 bucks a month, but you do commit and pay up front for a whole year. So we, we do incentivize that. That's more of a more recent change we made. So I don't have like a ton of data on it. I think what prompted it, well, obviously we read some of your stuff too. We reread a lot of your guys's content. You guys are like, yeah, do some annual plans. It'll help your retention. And we're like, cool, we'll, we'll try that out. We were planning it anyway, but you know, 
why not? So we, we do incentivize it with a lower price point. That makes sense. Depending on the company's cash flow situation, like annuals are obviously better for, for churn, but we're finding some companies like not even give the annual option to power users because they're unlikely to churn in the first place, right? You're discounting their MRR. <laughs> so it, it's yeah. it's like getting into this weird like philosophical place around like yeah. who you offer annuals to. But yeah, something something you'll I'm sure you guys will think about as as that becomes more popular. Yeah. So my, my theory in our finance, Tolan is his name, and he's gonna be probably agreeing with you. Or that was sort of his worry was like, oh, are we just gonna like lose a bunch of money because we're discounting people now? And my theory is since we do have good retention, but we also have like contractors have like busy seasons, they go up and down, things like that. My theory is we can really all also help those downgrade rates throughout the course of the year because we can get people to pay up front and then maybe you know December Christmas time literally no one's working they might downgrade some users or something but if we have them in an annual contract we can just keep them there and then they can always add people into it or you know whatever so I think that's sort of my theories will also not only does that help churn but it's going to help our downgrade rate too right oh absolutely right I think it's like finding that sweet spot I think you're right right especially if there's volatility and and usage right and you know something we talk a lot about is like making it hard to churn as far as like the data assets you lose or the switching costs right and, and so if you have a contractor I don't know for three months of the year not not taking a bunch of photos then this obviously locks them up and and, and finding a sweet spot so no I love it and and, and something Thing you mentioned there too is like relationship with finance like suddenly now finance is involved in these conversations and products like we should give it to everyone and cs is like well like so yeah exactly how it goes totally i don't know if you guys have experienced this but we have a lot of these conversations too towards the end of the year right because we're seeing you know my finance team saying neil go upgrade every piece of SaaS we have to annual december 20th right uh and and vice versa on on some of our vendors so it's funny how uh that also works in like the b2b world it sounds like you guys generally have really strong alignment across teams and and have a framework for not only deploying experiments to drive retention but also measure its effectiveness if you had to if you had to come up with anything is there any area you guys still feel like you're struggling or could could still sort of like put more attention towards as it relates to retention Oh, yeah. I mean, everywhere. Is that a good answer? Um, no, I, th- I think there's a couple things that, you know, making sure, especially on customer success, making sure like the individual customer success person feels incentivized. Sometimes when you're dealing with like, a bunch of percentages, it's like hard to be like, oh, okay, cool. Like I did that thing and maybe it moved my percentage. Whereas like in sales, you're like, yes, I made that sale. That happened. This thing moved the needle here. So just getting better at like making sure that our data is like, reflecting down to the customer success rep and in like an incentivizing way. I think that's something we could really work on and we're, we're, we're working on it now. Getting product more involved too, just getting them more involved in retention, looking at the things we're looking at, I think is something we can always get better at. And then I think too, something that we're trying to get better at, but I think we're, we have some gaps is inside sales is dealing with customers. We have support that's dealing with customers. Customer success is obviously dealing with customers and we need to make sure we're all saying the same things, you know? Um, and as we're growing really quick. We're high, like, especially uh, in my departments, we're hiring a lot very quickly. And just making sure that communication is like streamlined across the entire company is, has been a challenge. And, you know, sometimes somebody might say this thing or they get this discount because of this partnership thing or something. So there's just like a million things that can go wrong in those like in those interdepartmental things with customers. And I think that's somewhere where we really need to step up our game. I have a theory and I think I'm not sure when it's going to happen, but I really believe in in three to five years, like more product teams will have retention quotas because like right now and sometimes it feels so separate from the folks doing product development versus like, okay, here are the reasons people are leaving, right? Like you need to work together. So yeah, no, I 
I think that resonates with me too. Cool, Kelly. I mean, this is this has been terrific. I I, I really appreciate the time. At, where do people find Company Cam? How do people find you if uh, if they're interested in learning more? CompanyCam.com. <laughs> it's Company Cam. Go there. You can try it for free. Even if you're not a contractor, try it for free. You might get hit up by a salesperson, but you know, just tell them. I'm not interested. You'll be fine. Me, I'm not really on social media. I mean, you can find me on like Instagram or Twitter, Kelly Danahay, D-A-N-A-H-Y, but uh, I'm not super active on there. So <laughs> if you want to find me, go ahead. Uh, Luke Hansen is our COO, Luke Hansen. He's he's a little more active, a little more entertaining on Twitter and stuff like that. Yes, I thought Luke is great. Luke is, yeah. Luke is great. Yeah, uh, he looks, yeah, yeah. he has a mullet right now. He looks absolutely <laughs> disgusting. Love it. Well, uh, awesome, Kelly. Uh Thanks again, man. I really appreciate it. Um, this has been super helpful. It, just fun for me, but I think uh, helpful for the audience as well. So um, yeah, I'll, always appreciate the time. That was fun. Thank you, Neil. A huge shout out to Kelly for dropping all of that retention knowledge. I learned a lot, especially how Kelly and the team has, throughout all of the growth they've experienced over the last year, has really put a specific emphasis on retention. To recap, First and foremost, CompanyCam is proactive when it comes to customer success. You improve what you measure, and CompanyCam has been disciplined about tracking and optimizing metrics throughout the entire funnel. Second, small wins matter. Kelly described a number of tactics that they have experimented and improved over time, from driving better email campaigns to even optimizing their upsell to an annual plan. And lastly, above everything else, Kelly describes the importance of taking a cross-functional approach to making sure that customer success isn't the only one responsible for driving retention. They've made sure to align sales, marketing, and even product to focus on retention and make sure that they have a holistic approach to making sure that customers succeed. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Retention Talk. Don't forget to subscribe at retentiontalk.com. And if you want to help spread the word, tag me on Twitter, NeilDecide23, and let's dish out today's episode. Please give us a five-star review on the podcast platform of your choice and let your friends know as well. It really helps the show grow. And always, if you have any questions at all, send an email to neil at profitwell.com. This has been a Profitwell Recur production, the largest, fastest growing media network dedicated to the world of subscriptions. 